0: On today's episode of Tell Me What You Know, we're talking about Pet Rocks. We learned about Gary Dahl, the freelance advertising copywriter from California who thought up the idea while joking around at a bar with friends. That joke earned Dahl more than a million bucks in 1975. Like the Pet Rock, other fads have made their mark on history as well as on the wallets of their creators. We'll wrap up the first half of the show discussing some of these like Tamagotchis,
1: Pogs, and Beanie Babies. And then we're talking pyramids. The pyramids are one of the seven wonders of the world and have astounded tourists for millennia. Still to this day, there are controversies over how they were built and why one thing is for sure they are technical achievements you couldn't slip a piece of paper between the stones some of which weigh 80 tons and they are perfectly aligned to true north there can only be one answer and we all know what it is aliens welcome to another conspiracy episode of tell me what you know
0: What's up, everybody? Today is Monday, June 15th. This is episode eight of season two of Tell Me What You Know. It is a not too hot Monday. It's actually kind of nice
1: outside. Oh, it's really nice. Yeah. It's really like 72 or something.
0: Like oh, I was telling you the other day, I feel like we just completely miss spring being indoors all the time. and You go outside now and it's just a muggy summer.
1: That's true. But there are a couple days in here yeah. that are pretty good. Yep. Got a little golf action. Got
0: my first sun of the year. I got a little burn going. Feeling kind of good. A lot of rust on the swing. A lot of rust on the swing. My golf muscles are aching today. <laughs> Things I have like my hip flexors and shoulders and stuff that I just haven't really done yeah. anything with.
1: You, is it weird that when you swing it, you feel like it's good, but then the ball just like, doesn't just don't make go at all? <laughs> it
0: doesn't <laughs> go anywhere? Yeah, I was so tight by like the ninth hole. Yeah. Just for not having done
1: anything with that ball. Hips, hammies.
0: Yep. So got to get back into that. But looking forward to playing a lot more golf and being outside more... All things permitting. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I hope the only second wave we get is at the beach.
1: That's right. (laughs) Bring on the second waves. Jesus. I want to hang out. This is horrible. Yeah, you murdered that one. Yeah, it was horrible. (laughs) That was a horrible line. We'll keep it going. Um,
0: Well, I mean, that's a perfect segue into my topic. Let's do it. Not really at all, but I was just trying to get on with the show here. Yeah. Michael, tell me what you know about... Well, how do I want to phrase this? Okay. Tell me what you know about the Pet Rock. (laughs) <laughs> and other fads but mostly the pet rock most of the pet rock yeah
1: uh it, didn't people buy it as sort of like a novelty like a bullshit gift like here's a pet rock you don't have to do anything to take care of it so ha 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 mm. you've got a pet yeah it's a rock it's Correct. like a paperweight it's literally a rock it's all branding it's all branding and marketing right yeah yeah that's what it is
0: it's a pretty interesting story i think no it's i mean it's just kind of like you probably have to dive more into the psychosis of like the the whole country at large, right? I guess mm. to like figure out why things like this take off, it doesn't make any sense when these things come out and they are they sell like crazy, and then they're done in six months.
1: Yeah, the guy made a million dollars. Yeah, wasn't that a line in Office Space about Pet Rock? Maybe, I think so. Anyways. Yeah,
0: the guy's name was Gary Dahl. Gary Dahl. Yeah, so in 1975, Dahl was living in California. He was a freelance uh, advertising copywriter. Mm-hmm. From what I read, he was struggling a bit financially, trying to keep up with the bills. Uh, so we had this like, oh, I need to make some money type thing going on. Uh, he was having some drinks with some friends at a bar and the topic of pets came up and they're like, oh, they make a mess. You got to clean up after them. You have to give them constant attention. You got to take them for a walk. You got to feed them. And the dog goes, well, I don't have that problem. I have a pet rock. Just threw a joke out there. Everybody <laughs> laughed. Probably most of them thought that was the end of it, but yep. Dahl was like, all right, hold on a second. <laughs> so he went home and he wrote an owner's manual for his pet rock. And it was a list of things uh, that would help a, a pet rock owner uh, be able to t- t- take to care for and tend to their pet, right? The owner's manual was a detailed document that let an owner know how to best care for their rock. It said what tricks they could play. I assume like stay <laughs> right. would be one of the best ones they could do. Yeah. Play dead, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it said, you know, they will be a faithful companion for years because they have a very long lifespan, all that kind of stuff. He also constructed the the box that it would come in, and he put little air holes in it, like a little pet carrier that you would get from the pet store, from the vet, and he filled it uh, as well with, uh, like, wood shavings, mm-hmm. which I found out was called Excelsior, hmm. which I just thought was what Al Gore said on South Park, but, yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: Excelsior. So was, well. he was almost marketing it like a, uh, like a hamster or something? Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So it came in a little pet carrier. I think uh-huh. it, it, they said it also, like – was similar to a uh, mcdonald's happy meal box as well so there's probably like oh that's cool everybody loves these little boxes Mm -hmm. it's got a toy in it right yeah uh he found some investors two of his colleagues george coakley and john hagerty uh he brought them on as investors (laughs) that's so funny
1: well i mean what are they i mean yeah i would love to hear this pitch coakley
0: invested ten thousand dollars in 1975 for this that's a decent amount of rock (laughs) and he's like yeah it's a big chunk of change right i wonder what the pitch was as well but i guess he kind of explained for for me and from what i read it seems like uh the timing and the marketing was kind of the brilliance behind doll right so 1975 vietnam's ending has ended water gauges happened recently the whole mood from what i've from my research on this uh, a lot of people think you know the mood in the country was kind of down he's like all right what's something you know stupid that can maybe perk up the, the the troops a little bit. Uh, so he thought that people would see the funny side of a gag gig, gag gift, like the pet rock. I like yeah. it was a social pick me up type thing. Right? Yeah. Um, the rocks were purchased from a sand and gravel company, which bought them from Rosarita beach in Mexico. And in 19, in August, 1975 doll went to a gift show in San Francisco where he debuted the rock to try and get like an idea of how people would react to it. And they all reacted to it. So Neiman Marcus and Bloomingdale's both made orders. They wanted you know, thousands of these rocks in their showrooms. Uh, Newsweek did a story on the Pet Rock and included pictures. So it went national from there. And just the whole idea was spread to the masses. Mm-hmm. So that's August. You got the holidays coming up in, in, into the year. And the holiday season, the Pet Rock is one of the best selling gifts. So he estimated, Dahl estimated that he sold around 100,000 rocks per day. Uh, towards the end of that year. He ended up selling around one and a half million rocks in just a few months' time. They retailed for three ninety five. That's my next they, question. Yeah, they made $0.95 per rock sold. Okay. So immediately, he's got, like you know, a million and a half dollars right there. Yeah. Uh, Coakley made $200,000 on his original $10,000 investment. Uh, Dahl was so excited that he gifted both of his investors new Mercedes, all this kind of stuff. He earned over a million bucks, which you mentioned earlier, right? hmm And then from this, Doll decided to launch uh, a new company called Rock Bottom Productions, which was a joke in itself. Uh, I don't think it actually did anything because the Pet Rock was kind of the last. Well, he had some other ideas, but nothing. It's like their
1: one and only product. Right.
0: But uh, allegedly, when you called there, the receptionist would say, you know, you've reached Rock Bottom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this Doesn't this seem kind of like something like Brent Brent Ducote would make? Yeah. You know, this would be perfect for something. Some, like, yeah, somebody yeah. like that. Brent, get on this. That's right. Uh, he did have some investor issues. Both Coakley and
0: Hagerty thought that their sh- their share of the profits was not in line with what they deserved. Uh, I don't know what the other guy, what H- Hagerty uh, invested, but uh, they ended up suing Dahl. They won, and Dahl had to write them both six-figure checks. Wow. Yeah. Um, so being a fad, obviously, the by definition, it, it eventually died out, right? The pet rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had... There were some attempts to kind of increase the lifespan of the Pet Rocks in 1976, the Bicentennial. They painted an American flag on it and tried to sell it at that point. They uh, made T-shirts and other kinds of goods with Mm -hmm. Pet Rock on it. Mm -hmm. Nothing really sold. It was kind of dead at that point. Uh, He didn't have a patent on it because it's a rock uh the article i was reading said he could have gotten a utility patent perhaps because it's like you know this rock is your companion type it's thing this is how we're
1: using it it's like he, a design
0: but he did yeah uh, but he didn't do that so there were obviously copycat companies yeah but it had kind of lost its luster right everybody had moved on from it
1: well you could also just go down and pick up a rock and give it to somebody you didn't necessarily need to buy it for four bucks Yeah, but you need the box i think the box yeah. is what sold it basically. the box is. yeah right do you have a picture of the box uh yeah or i'll google it
0: yeah I'll it's it. yeah it's uh it's a cardboard box with holes cut in it <laughs> um doll did have some other ideas like a sand breeding kit that taught you how to uh, grow your own sand <laughs> and an earthquake in a can which is just a wind up coffee can that just sh- like sh- shook on the table uh uh-huh. stuff like that uh <laughs> From what I found, his his real passion, though, or what he ended up settling on, at least for a little while, was renovating a bar in Los Gatos, California. And it was called the Carrie Nation Saloon. Carrie Nation was a leader of the temper, temperance movement. Oh, um,
1: Okay. So, yeah, she, oh, so she was a
0: radical member of the.
1: Yeah. So he's constantly just like messing around with people. messing around with people yeah, yeah just uh, always the opposite of whatever he's doing right yeah.
0: apparently Carrie, but she was like from what not like the 1920s prohibition but more like temperance movement in the 1800s i believe okay so but at that point it's coming well i mean people probably know about it and all that stuff obviously so.
1: well in the 70s there was kind of like this pull towards the 50s and pulled towards the new modern stuff so i could see those things you know yeah butting heads
0: right um this, this was, I, I assume this was successful for him, but it also kind of backfired because people, everybody with any kind of idea would come by the bar and try and pitch doll on it. And mm-hmm. he was like, you can't replicate the pet rock. Yeah. Like it's it's done. Yeah. <laughs> so he kind of didn't give him any time of day. Um, you can still find pet rocks online. I saw on like Etsy and eBay, but they're selling for like $20 and 40 bucks, like 20 to $40, which mm-hmm. is Kind of
1: crazy. So I you're guess. saying, but these are actual pet rocks that were sold back in the seventies or from what I've seen, of- it looks
0: like, but you can still, I know you can still buy them online today, but they do not, they don't go to him. Uh, he, he or as a state, he passed away in 2015 with a net worth around $2 million. Um, so I don't know where, who, who's making these now, if anybody's still making them or if they're just, you know, leftover relics of the yeah. 1975 pet rock. Family. Yeah.
1: Such, I mean, I love the idea of it and I, and I kind of agree. I, I definitely agree with you that it's sort of a product of its time, and it's it's like a viral product, and yeah. sort of a lot of these um a lot of products can be sort, somewhat similar to that. I'm trying to think of a modern comparison, though. But I'm, I guess I'm kind of thinking of like remember it's a more digital thing, but like remember Flappy Bird? Yeah, like it just it was a, such a stupid game. I think the kid coded it in like a day. Yeah, half a day, off. and it just took off.
0: Yeah, a lot of that now is is more digital, I think. But there's definitely some, well, and we're going to talk shortly about uh, some other other fads that people have gone through. But this this mental floss article on the on Gary Dahl and the pet rock was pretty entertaining, I thought. Yeah. So thank you, Mental Floss, for that. Yeah. Um. But it did get me thinking about other fads and things that I have been part of. You know, I had purchased in the past. Remember the Tamagotchi? Hmm. So like 1996. It was a little virtual pet that you had to feed, you had to play with, you had to make sure it was sleeping. You basically, had to take care, of pay it. attention to it. Yeah, it was essentially a worthless iPhone app, but in 1996.
1: So it had to be its own thing, right? Yeah, you had to carry exactly. it around on your keychain.
0: It's made by Bandai, a Japanese company. They retail for about twenty dollars, and they sold over seventy million units of Tamagotchis. I remember That's they were strange. outlawed in schools because kids couldn't pay attention to anything else. Yeah, uh, yeah. Eventually, they just kind of. With the way of the Dodo bird, I guess. I don't know. But I think they had like video games and like TV spinoffs and stuff like that. Yeah. You had the Furby as well. Tickle Me Elmo. Mm -hmm. Those kind of, they're just, they sell like crazy for one holiday season, it seems like. Yeah. Did you have a Furby?
1: I didn't have a Furby and I didn't really even have a Tamagotchi. I'd always remembered seeing people with them and, you know, I'd kind of ask them how they're doing, you know, whatever. (laughs) But I never had one. I had all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: Being the only grandchild, it was like, whatever the hot <laughs> gift was, yeah. oh, I was getting
1: it. Year, <laughs> like.
0: But the Furby, I don't even know what you were supposed to do with it. I tried to play with it. It, it like had a mind of its own. It was kind of creepy.
1: Was it sort of supposed to be like a gremlin st- type thing? Sort of.
0: And you could like teach it to do things, which is like, I think it just had like a really small like computer brain, but you could like play hide and seek with it, and it would... Make noises to try and like tell you where it was, but it ended up making those noises in the middle of the night. And you're like, Jesus, <laughs> yeah, you gotta take the batteries out of that thing, and yeah. it still makes noise, and yeah. you break it with a hammer, <laughs> that kind of thing. Had a mind of its own. Uh, what about pogs? You remember pogs? Oh, yeah, I like pogs. So, if you don't know what pogs are, they're these little cardboard discs, essentially. And I think the game, I don't think anybody actually played the game, but apparently, you had to like hit your slammer on them. If it flipped over, you got to keep them. Yeah. It's like a it, winner take all type thing. But
1: it started, I remember just like, it was so a collection, many, but it started so many, you know, hate, like battles between people and hatred between them that people yeah. would, you'd, you'd put your pog that you liked in the middle and then you'd lose that pog and then yeah. people hate you. Right. Started, it started more fights than anything,
0: but the slammers were cool. Slammers were cool. I had like a holographic eight or yeah. eight ball slammer. was a the skull. skeleton. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was cool. Head.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, so there was a company in Hawaii. It was a dairy company, and Pogs was actually the cap that came on the juices they sold, and the, it was called Pogs because it was made of passion passion fruit, orange, and guava.
1: This is crazy. That's crazy. <laughs>
0: but uh, some they made a World Pog Federation, and that P- World Pog Federation was able to buy the or to get the patent out from under this Hawaiian dairy company. And so then it just over, they just sold the licensing to anybody that would pay for it. It oversaturated the market and they ended up dying out, right? Yeah. I think this other, the Hawaiian company ended up trying to sue and all this other stuff as well. Um, They still use pogs, and from what I read, in like the armed forces, though, it's a way for like on bases, that's how you will pay for stuff because. Like, actual coins are heavy, and these are a lot lighter, so it yeah. saves on shipping costs and stuff like that.
1: Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So they're still alive in some aspects. Huh. Uh, the last one that I wrote anything on, really, were Beanie Babies. Mm-hmm. I have a trash bag full of Beanie Babies in my closet in my mom's house. And I'm sure that they're worth nothing, but I just can't throw
1: them away. <laughs> well, those definitely had a longer shelf life than... Some of those other products.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's – so I was looking up expensive ones now. There's. If you have the right – you have to have the right one of these certain ones, right? So there's like Bubbles the Fish, and there's a billion of them out there. But if you have like one of the few that has the incorrect coloring on the tag, it's worth like Mm $130,000. The Princess Diana Bear, if it's got the correct type of pellet inside of it, is worth half a million dollars. I'm sure that mine has that polyethylene pellet that's not worth anything. But if it's got like some kind of other pellet in there, it's gonna be worth a ton more. Yeah, there's like these wrong, wrong colored uh, Tabasco the bull, that kind of thing. If you have those, then they're worth a good amount of money.
1: People like to collect things that are are rare and hard to find. Yeah.
0: Um, and then the one I was just thinking of off the top of my head just now, is like silly bands. Remember those this little, uh, they were like rubber band bracelets that when you put them on the table, they were like the shape of an animal, like a dinosaur.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Like some five year old girl invented that she like came up with the idea to her dad and then they sold like crazy for like a year. Basically my takeaway is you don't have to find something that changes the world. You just need to take the attention of the masses for like six months and you can retire.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, you don't need to be a genius to make a lot of money. No, The, the product does not need to be amazing. Yeah, at all, it just does, does need to be marketed and like found its like mm-hmm. niche, yeah. and then you're right, like you can just grow. Yeah, um, I feel like a lot of things kind of come out, and they might even be more niche than other things. Like, like they don't ever grow to this size, but they probably make a decent amount of money. Mm-hmm. You can easily market stuff on like Instagram. Yeah, and then uh, they're like stupid novelty things. Like the one on on Instagram that I find funny is you can buy like a little mini picnic table for your squirrels. And you put it up on like, you put it up in your garden or, you know, in your patio. Yeah. And then when you put food on the table and then squirrels come and because of the way it's, it's a mini picnic table. They end up sitting on it. So they end up sitting on it. So when you come outside, you can catch them and be like, oh, they're sitting at the table. It looks so funny. They look like little humans. Put a little top hat there for them. I mean, yeah, it's funny. Uh, But you know, what can that cost? Like 20 bucks? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you don't need to, you don't even need to, um, you know, catch, catch fire like that. You can sell, sell a thousand of those and. Have a great month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was actually one, uh, the founders of Airbnb, uh, two guys, I forget their names, but uh, they're pretty clever and um, obviously they built Airbnb, Right. but before, while they were trying to build Airbnb, they, they got into some debt and they needed to pay rent, they needed to pay off their credit cards. So uh, it was around the 2016 election, no, 2012 election. And so they made Obama O's, which were like a collector cereal thing. Okay. Uh, and then they made like something for I think McCain or uh-huh. forget what it was. Oh no, that was 2008. Um, Romney, it, right? Yeah, they had, like Romney something. And <laughs> yeah, they they paid they made like fifty thousand dollars just selling these things on online. Over huh. and pay, you know they they restocked their bank account, paid yeah. off their credit cards. Uh, but I mean, it was they they were like design majors and right. So they just kind of used this and then sold it. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't need to be amazing. It doesn't need to make a ton of money. Like it doesn't need to make it can make a lot of money for you. Yes. It doesn't need to be something that goes off to be a billion dollar company. Right. right?
0: I've, my, my, I'm setting my sights lower after learning yeah. all this stuff. for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, Eatsy, people yeah. on Etsy make a ton of money. Yeah. 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 So,
0: huh. That's, uh, that's the pet rock and Gary Dahl. I like that. RIP Gary Dahl.
1: When, when did he die? 2015. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. All good things must come to an end. That's right. Yeah. Good topic. Thanks. Michael, one thing I learned this week was that uh, there used to be a, a banana called the Gros Michel. Uh, and banana flavoring that we have today is based on this banana.
0: So this banana doesn't exist anymore.
1: In the 1960s, an incurable fungus wiped it out. So our banana flavoring is actually based on a extinct banana that you can't taste anymore in a real <sighs> banana. That is why artificial banana flavoring doesn't taste like bananas. I do like it though. Oh, it's great—the
0: Runts or Banana Pops, mm-hmm. Banana Popsicles. Mm-hmm. It's
1: delicious. So banana pudding.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. I like bananas, but that does have real bananas in it now.
1: Yeah, but you I guess know, if it's a homemade, banana some pudding, other maybe it's yeah, more banana Whatever yeah. thing you use for banana flavoring, yeah, it's based on a banana that doesn't exist anymore.
0: Grow Michelle.
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. One thing I learned this week is that sports memorabilia can be very expensive. For example, the 70th home run ball hit by Mark McGuire in the 1998 season. It was sold for a lot of cash, but it's interesting, uh, how like the, the person who caught it actually got to the point of selling it. Right. So 1998 McGuire, hits a 70th home run. Uh, it set the record for only three years until Barry Bonds broke in 2001. A guy, Phil Ozersky ended up with a 70th home run ball. And the Cardinals obviously they knew it was a memorable ball. It, was gonna, it means a lot. They try to get it back for McGuire, so they offered him a signed ball, a signed bat, and a jersey. And Ozersky said, "All right, I'll do it, but I also want to meet Mark McGuire." McGuire had no interest in meeting this guy, so Ozersky <laughs> kept the ball. And three months later, he sold it for three point oh five million dollars. Huh. <laughs> Why wouldn't he meet the guy? He was uh, he was like always kind of a, a silent type. You know, he didn't really.
1: Did you just want to shake the guy's hand and take the ball?
0: I don't think it was anything against the guy. He's just like, I don't want anything to do with it. I guess he didn't really want the ball back.
1: I don't know. Wow.
0: Yeah. What a Weirdo. Because I'm sure he was like, no. And then McGuire's like, all right, fine. I'd either keep the ball or he was like, okay, I'll meet you. And at that point, it's like, oh, it's too late. I'm selling the ball now. We sold it for 3.05 million bucks. That's incredible. I'd take the money over meeting McGuire
1: <laughs> any day of the week. He's not really going to talk. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mark. Yeah, thanks Can Okay. my ball back. All right. You see my baseball? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh Well, <laughs> yeah. huh? Hang on to those balls. All right, Michael. Tell me what you know about the pyramids of Giza.
0: Uh, they were built by aliens.
1: Yeah, well, that's basically why I wanted to talk about this. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, they're pyramid-shaped. <laughs> yes. Trying to describe them. Everybody knows what a pyramid looks like. Yeah. They're in Egypt. Hmm. Uh, Giza is. A city?
1: It is. Near Cairo? It's not far from Cairo. All right. Yeah. He's <laughs> just pulling like <laughs> generic things you know about. Egypt out in Africa. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: is it near the Sphinx? Uh,
1: yes. Is the it Sphinx the same is, place? Yeah. The Sphinx is like a part of yeah. the three pyramids. The Sphinx
0: is a cat person who is missing a nose.
1: Uh, Yeah. <laughs> missing a nose, but I, I think because of like,
0: Looting and wars and Yeah. We're not talking about the Sphinx. I'm pretty sure it was actually blown up in Team America. Yeah. Exactly. It got hit with a rocket launcher. Yeah. Uh it went the way of the Eiffel Tower, basically. <laughs> um their tombs, I believe. Mm-hmm. Or originally were built as tombs for their kings.
1: That's, that's one of the like the leading theories. Yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't aliens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they also had like uh this was, they're super old, obviously. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I they're think really they, old. Uh, like the ingenuity and in how they were built was pretty ahead of its time, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I mean, so yeah, so let's just go through kind of like the who, what, when, where, why, mm-hmm. and then let's jump into some more of the fun. The five H's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's called the the Giza Pyramid Complex or the Giza Necropolis. Necropolis. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Necro meaning dead. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, yeah,
1: I don't think I did. Yeah. There you go. Um so yeah the site of like the three main pyramids that we all know right mm-hmm. so like the the great pyramid great pyramid of Giza yes and then you have the pyramid of Khafre and the pyramid of Menkaure so those were different uh pharaohs okay I don't know if I pronounced them correctly Giza was a pharaoh no G- Giza oh, is he's the, the area okay gotcha. Um yeah the uh uh the pharaoh, was- the pharaoh for the main the, the largest pyramid is Khufu okay Um
0: I assume Tut's in one of these as well. Uh, yeah, Tut in I, common.
1: Yeah, I didn't go into um, Tut. I think yeah. Tut is a different aspect, like okay. a different um, location of his sure. Um But yeah, but then you also mentioned the Sphinx. The Sphinx's face is, they think, the face of Khafre. Okay. Um, so that goes along with the Pyramid of Khafre. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, as you mentioned, these are tombs for the pharaohs, and the way that the ancient egypt kind of set up their ruling structure was that they had monarchs who were the pharaohs they okay. were like divine <clears throat> and then they had um like right hand men that were like the highest people that served the pharaoh okay and those were called um uh, viziers or viziers V V-I-Z- yeah. I I-E-R. Z I E R S. yeah um and guess, so yeah and so under them they were pretty much like the managers of all the slaves or the specialized labor whoever like was the actual people doing this yes like building these things um they're mo- they're made predominantly from limestone and granite okay uh mostly gotten from local quarries but these quarries could either be from like as close as like just south of the pyramids and then some of the queries they found were uh queries quarries were like 500 miles away mm. so they're bringing in like
0: Ancient quarries, though. These are like just... Yeah. Like, okay, gotcha.
1: Yeah, like yeah. limestone quarries where they're yeah. bringing these things out. Uh, but then also bringing back, um, you know, some of the granite that was more the interior pieces, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, it's made from 2.3 million blocks. This is just the Great Pyramid, okay. sorry. Um, weighing approximately 6 million tons. Mm. Very heavy. That is heavy. Some of the stones weighed uh, 80 tons. In, Each? In the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, not broken down, like... Yeah. some. They had to figure out a way to move those those stones, eighty tons. Um, Jesus, yeah, crazy, right? Uh, So yeah, I kind of mentioned about the pharaohs. They were, you said that uh, yeah, these are supposed to be like um, you know tombs Tombs. for them. Um, The the ancient Egypt Egyptians believed that when you go to the afterlife, you you leave something behind with your body Mm -hmm. called ka, k a, Mm. and so these would be like places to protect the ka. Okay. And then they would also put things that you might need in the afterlife. Like there was, um, there were boats stashed in, in these places. There were treasures, different things, that you know about like the mummification, right? All that stuff. They also had um, little satellite pyramids and satellite um, locations where like the queens would go. Yeah. With them, so there were other places, and and you know they're still digging places up, and uh, it's a um, it's a protected heritage site. But obviously, they still have a lot of looting going on, and, and especially now, as like Egypt is in turmoil, Like mm-hmm. you don't know what's going on over there. Uh, so, you said they were built a long time ago. You were correct. <laughs> uh, these, right. these pyramids were constructed during the fourth dynasty of ancient Egypt, which was a period of about 120 years, 119 years. Uh-huh. 2613 BC to 2494 BC. Jeez. Yeah. So, absolute value, older than we are now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, 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 yeah, ancient Egypt was like three thousand years. Okay, but like that's what their civilization was before they pretty much folded, and Rome took them over, and mm. kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, the it's it's within I said the fourth dynasty. That's like the golden age of ancient Egypt. Okay, it had come out of like periods of war and other things, and now it, they kind of had this nice period of peace. They were trading with other countries. Mm-hmm. They had law and order and justice to some extent. So pretty much they had you know order. Um, and, and yeah, a lot of culture and art. So I think that there was just this time where I, I, I often think about like how you, even as like, I I guess even a divine person, you're going to come and say like, I want to build these things, build these. Yeah. And somebody has to go out there and do it. But then, you know, you talk about how many people that were used to build these Mm -hmm. when Greek historian Herodotus, Herodotus. Socrates visited Giza in 450 BC. Uh, he was told by the Egyptian priests that the great pyramid has taken 400,000 men in 20 years to build working in three month shifts, a hundred thousand men at a time. So I guess you'd work, you'd have, you'd work uh, three months and then you'd get like six months off and then you'd come back to work.
0: Six months doing something else. I would imagine.
1: I would, I don't I would think you get
0: vacation when you're
1: yeah, well, so a laborer. I, I had read some things that kind of, talked about the slave aspect of this yeah i'm sure there were slaves yeah but uh they were also talking about just because of it was so precise that there must have been some skilled labor in here okay like it couldn't have just been all like all brawn right yeah. like yeah, maybe moving the the stones that's yeah you just need a shit ton of men but um they also mentioned like ten thousand laborers working in three-month shifts so it's sort of and obviously there's also a lot of um Controversy about exactly how they were built, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of men to build these things. Yes, um, We touched on a little bit about the why, you know, the, the journey to the afterlife right. and they need all this stuff. Um, we'll do a little bit more about the how. They, they thought or they think that they built ramps that would go up to the top. So it would be like, a, you know, a gravel ramp that would go up and then they would just remove the ramp and the, Mm -hmm. you know, the pyramid would reveal itself. Right. Right. Uh, And then they would think that they put them on logs and they would roll roll. the logs. And then once a log came out the back end, it would go to the front and then they'd keep going. But still, I mean, as I said, like some of the quarries were 500 miles away. You don't think they're going to run into some like obstacles you can't easily roll over. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's just enough to kind of like give me enough skepticism to be like, they must've had some other type of technology. Oh, you're an aliens guy. I don't know if I'm a total aliens guy with this, but we'll get into this a mm. little bit more. But, um, I, I, I don't know. This has always been one of those things. Every time I look at it again, I come back to it more and more. Every time I look at the facts, I'm like, that is just mind boggling. There must've been something we don't know Yeah. to do this. Um, like so let's get into a little bit about the precision. Okay. Which kind of then dovetails into the alien stuff. Uh, so the pyramids are angled north south and east west at an incredible decision, like 360th of a degree. Okay. They're perfectly aligned to true north, not magnetic north, like true north. Okay. And they think that it's it was actually even closer to true north back when, you know, cuz like the earth wobbles Pulled a little bit, shift a little yeah. bit. Yeah. it was they think even back then when they built these they, they were even more accurate. Okay. Um they're also aligned. The three, the the three, the main pyramids are aligned with Orion's Belt. Mm-hmm. That's like the main one of the main theories. It's sort of in dispute, but most people do think it. It think the angles are like perfect for it. Okay. So, um, it it really aligns with with things that they saw in the sky. Um, the mean opening between the stones. Yeah. So like, there's got to be a little bit. Yeah. They don't fit perfectly together, right? But it's only 0.5 millimeters. Okay. That's the mean. They're very so, tight. I, mean, I think in, in certain places I'd heard like you can't get a piece of paper between them. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, it's so thin, like so perfect. Mm-hmm. They thought that a lot of math was sort of encoded in the, in the Great Pyramid, but um, supposedly they didn't fully understand pi, but elements of pi sort of are expressed. So, they're okay. wondering if maybe they didn't fully understand it, but... There were meant to be
0: circles, but they just turned into pyramids instead?
1: <laughs> uh, and not, not exactly like circles, perhaps, <laughs> but like the ratios of the sizes. Sorry, spheres. Yes. Yeah, like Char- the Char- ratios of the building sizes made made it so that it would, it would appear that you would have to know about pi, mm-hmm. but maybe not necessarily know the use of it. Like, yeah. Anyways, um, there's, there's this other idea that if you pass a circle... Through the pyramid. And I'll try to explain this. So the the the, Pyram- the Great Pyramid of Giza is is the center of the world, they say. Because if you pass a circle and you go all the way around the, the world straight as you can, mm-hmm. and you go through all the ordinals, so north, south, east, and west, northwest, northeast, north southeast, mm-hmm. southwest. And those lines would cross over more land than any other point on the planet. Huh. They, they, this is something I would read. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like, I, Obviously, I didn't go test out all the other places. You could potentially put a pyramid and then draw circles around it. Oh, you're a crappy podcast host. <laughs> but that's pretty absurd. Yeah. Um, again, all these things are kind of leading towards. Just get to the aliens already. Can we talk about aliens? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they also didn't measure things in you know yards or feet or whatever. They used uh, royal cubits. Okay. So they measured in cubits in three-dimensional space. A, a cubit is one point eight six feet. So each side is one point eight six feet. Cubed. So that is actually perfectly one twenty-five millionth of the height of the Earth. So if you stacked them from the South Pole to the North North Pole, that equals twenty-five million. Mm-hmm. So. Again, this going is going around
0: the circumference of the earth or going uh, Going
1: from, l- logi- long- okay. longitudinally. Okay. Um, if you take the mean length of the sides of the pyramid in lengths of cubits, so one point six one point eight six feet, mm-hmm. it is equal to three hundred and sixty-five point two four oh cubits.
0: God. Oh my
1: god. One cubit for every day of the year, down to the quarter of a day.
0: Mm-hmm. Which we learned
1: earlier. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um if you don't know what we're talking and, about, go back
0: and listen to the leap day. Yeah.
1: episode. And if you take the latitudinal location from the coordinates of where the pyramid of Giza is located, mm-hmm. so you take the latitudinal coordinate yeah. of it, it matches the speed of light in meters per second. <laughs> down to, I mean, like down to the 10th decimal.
0: This is just reminding me of like, if you take the flight number from the, from nine eleven and you put it in wing, wingdings too. <laughs> It looks like two towers getting hit by an airplane. Do
1: you do you not think any of those are kind of odd though? Like, I don't
0: know, but it's like okay, well, how do you explain that as well? It's like oh, just all I don't know. Like yeah, it's odd for sure. It's it's but but odd in what? Way? It's like yeah, it's, is it just coincidental? I think it's just coincidental.
1: Totally coincidental. I think
0: there's a co- lot of coincidences out there.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, but so let me ask you some other questions though, like different cultures that I'd never met. on the earth at the same time we're all building pyramids there's Chinese pyramids yeah there's Latin American pyramids South America yeah yeah these pyramids why are they all building pyramids it's all just like I don't know I don't know people maybe their bible maybe their bible
0: told them to do that back then
1: (laughs) they all believed in different stuff and also like it's kind of what I brought up before this is such an undertaking like I think we would even have trouble doing this today right like building a pyramid out of stone yeah we would have trouble doing this. To get everybody working together for it, like with a purpose, seems like it would have to be at least doable. Like this is they they the building of obviously it was doable, but the building of the Great Pyramid was, was, took twenty years. I mean, you could be building this pyramid and never you know you go from twenty to forty before this thing's done. It's just yeah. even as a slave, uh, even as a slave, you can you can you can whip me as much as you want. I'm not, I can't move this stone. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, will do it. Like I, I can't move it. Yeah. You could just kill me then. You know, like that to me, it's sort of why I'm like, they must've had some other technology or something that helped them do this. And yes. there's always a part of like the, the alien technology side that they think they can like manage and, and use gravity. Right. to do things right, like that's mm-hmm. like the leading theory around UFOs. They have some gravity propulsion system. Yeah, um, maybe potentially they they help them use that so like moving a big rock.
0: Well, it wasn't that hard. It well, just has to materialize in wherever they wanted as well.
1: Yeah, who yeah. knows what they've got? Huh? Who knows what they've got? Who knows? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know, and then also. I'm gonna dovetail it back into some of the alien talk that we had seen, <laughs> but like some of the the accounts of the aliens, like the talking about the naval officer that we kind of yeah. covered in that, it is really spooky. Actually, I think when they really talk about like these these people with high level clearance of of um, classified information, yeah. they don't they're not crazy people, right? They didn't want to see these things. Obviously, there's something. Yeah. So why not? Why couldn't they have been around 5,000 years ago or whatever to help them build these things? I don't know.
0: No, I mean, I think if you just look at it level-headedly, like, well, if they – like, it's stupid to be like, oh, they can, aliens can only exist now because we're here thinking about them, right? Right, right. Why couldn't they have existed a billion years ago?
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, you would have to assume that they would exist more than that.
0: If you assume that they exist, right.
1: Which yeah. Well, do you believe in anything? Something. You know, We'll bring it back up. Do you believe in aliens exist out there in the universe? There's got to be something out there. Yeah. Right. So. That's a hot take right there. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's got to be something. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> you're really taking a stand, Michael. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Who am I to say? <laughs>
1: there's
0: got to be some other life out there. Not Maybe not as we
1: know it. Well, maybe. but Well, but the other. I mean, yeah. They're going to come come here and then teach these people how to build pyramids. I don't know so that their pharaohs can go on to another This life. is
0: really getting off top topic here, but I read a theory of, you know, everybody's like, well, if there's aliens out there, why haven't we ever heard any kind of space noise or anything? And like, there's a theory that they've already been here and they're like, we don't need, there's nothing we can.
1: Right. There's nothing here for us. There's nothing here for us. Yeah.
0: I, Which you know. is almost more depressing than thinking about it. If there's aliens or not, they're like, oh no, that's not us. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not into that.
1: Well, it's kind of going back to like are are we just all stranded out here in the middle of nowhere? Right. They've already like our our. Savior, yeah. Savior has already come here, and right. then they're like, now don't even worry about them. Yeah, Just let him die. It's basically could be. Yeah, could be. <laughs> uh, We're here to yeah. kick off your weekend
0: on a positive note.
1: Yeah, <laughs> not even um, the aliens want us. But no, the I, I really would like to go see the pyramids of Giza. Yeah, and ride I, a camel. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they've got all these different uh passageways into them, things that they. You know, hidden uh so you can go inside them and everything or no i don't nah. think i don't think you can go in like every part of them yeah and i don't think you can even maybe see them now just because of what's happened in yeah. egypt like yeah i, I think the whole tur- tourism thing in egypt is pretty dangerous now yeah. but um but yeah i would love to go see it i think that would be one of the things it was one of the tallest structures one of the tallest man-made structures for Like thousands of years. Millennia. Yeah. yeah. The outside of it used to be, it had eroded off now. Mm -hmm. Like what we see is sort of like the interior stone walls. They used to
0: have steps and stuff going up?
1: Uh, There were steps, but it used to be very um, uh, sheer, like Mm. very smooth. This like limestone. I think it was like more of a white color. Gotcha. Um, And then, yeah, that eroded. And so now what we see today is just like the the remaining rocks. Very cool. remaining stones. Yeah. That's a very quick take on the Pyramids of Giza. That's Giza 101. Yeah. Very Very nice.
0: That's it for this week's episode. Make sure to like and subscribe if you enjoyed it. You can follow us on Instagram at TMWYK underscore podcast and on Twitter at TMWYK pod. Have a great weekend and we'll see all you beautiful people for a new episode next Friday.